0: But for some reason, wasn't able to be. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for blessing us with food, clothes, shelter, transportation, and financial means. Most of all, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, your Son, and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who freely left his home in heaven, came to earth, lived, died, and was buried, and rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the blood that you shed, that you purchased the church, that we are a member of. We pray, Heavenly Father, for every church door open and every person proclaiming your word this morning, Heavenly Father. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that's working on the front line. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will look down on them and bless them and protect them, Heavenly Father, in the way that only you know how pray, Heavenly Father, for the sick and the shut-in all over the world. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will look down on them and bless them with the thing, Heavenly Father, you know they stand in need of. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that's traveling. We pray, Heavenly Father, that they'll get to and from their destination safe without any hurt, harm, or danger coming to them. We also say a special prayer for the bereaved family all over the world. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will comfort and strengthen those families in the way, Heavenly Father, you know what they stand in need of. We say a special prayer for the congregation here at Inglewood Church of Christ. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will look down and bless each and every member in their family with the thing, Heavenly Father, you know they stand in need of according to your will. And Heavenly Father, when we think, say, or do anything contrary to your will, we pray, Heavenly Father, you will forgive us and won't hold it against us at the judgment bar. We also pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue building us up where we are weak, strengthening us, Heavenly Father, where we are weak, and build us up, Heavenly Father, where we are torn down. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we will continue loving each other more and more each day, And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the Ukrainian people. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will look down on that country and bless them with the thing, Heavenly Father, you know they stand in need of. We also pray for our government, Heavenly Father, that they'll do the thing that will be right according to your will. And, Heavenly Father, when we come to choices in our life, we just pray, Heavenly Father, that we will choose the right choice. And, Heavenly Father... We say a special prayer for Brother Cold Pepper, that he come deliver us the bread of life. We pray, Heavenly Father, we'll listen towards, we'll listen toward eternity, because these will be eternal matters. And we just pray, Heavenly Father, that the thing we learn, we'll go teach others what they must do to be saved. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that's walking in darkness. We just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll see the light and come to the light. Before it's everlasting, too late. And we also pray for our delinquished members. We just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll come back and repent before it's everlasting, too late. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that this worship service will be done decent and in order. And we also pray, Heavenly Father, that it will be pleasing and acceptable in Your sight. And Heavenly Father, when we done come to the end of our journey, said our last prayer and taking our last breath. We just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll hear those wonderful words. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Come on in, get your mansion, your robe, and your crown. All these blessings we ask in your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Church, I'm going
1: to ask you to place your markers at pages 903 for the Song of Imitation. Pages 903 for the Song of Imitation. Our next song selection, let us know pages 650. 650. Send the light. Once again, pages 650. 650. Fall fine let us sing together.
2: There's a call come ringing all the restless way. Send the send the There are souls to rescue. There are souls to say. Send the lie, send the I Send the lie, The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. I'll send the light The blessed gospel light Let it shine forevermore We have heard the Macedonian call today Send the light, send the light And a golden offering at the cross we lay Send the light, send the light i send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine from shore to shore. i send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine forevermore. Let us pray that grace may ever work Send the light, send the light. And a Christ-like spirit everywhere be found? Send the light, send the light, I send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. I send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Let us not. Grow oh, weary in the work of flow, send the light, send the light. Let us gather the jewelries for a crown of gold, send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore, send the light. The blessed gospel light. Let it shine forevermore.
1: Let us know pages 712. <clears throat> Page 712. Trouble. Jesus is coming soon.
2: I'll find that a scene together. Trouble sometimes are here Filling his heart with fear Freedom we all hold oh dear Now is that day Humbling your heart to God, save from chastening rot, seek the way pilgrims try, Christians are we. But Jesus is Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon, many will meet their dooms, trumpets will sound, and all that are dead shall rise, righteous meet in the sky, go going where no one dies, heavenward bound Love of so many cold Losing their homes all go This in God's word is told was abound When the times come to pass Near in the end at last It will come very fast Trumpets will sound My Jesus is, Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their dooms, trumpets will sound. And all that are dead shall rise, righteous meet in the sky. Going where no one dies, heaven we're bound. My Jesus is, Jesus is coming soon, born in a night or noon. Many will meet their dooms. trumpets will sound. And all of the dead shall rise, righteous meet in the sky. Growing where no one dies, heavenward bound. Trouble will soon be your happy forevermore when we meet on that shore, freedom all okay. Rising up in the sky, telling this world goodbye. Home we then will fly, glory to share. My Jesus Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom, trumpets will sound. And all of the dead shall rise. Righteous meet in the sky. Going where no one died. Heaven will bound. My Jesus, is, Jesus is coming soon. Morning, or night, a noon. Meaning we'll meet. Their doom, trumpets will sound. And all of the dead shall rise in Jesus. the sky, the Boy, where all no all one all dies,
3: Heavenward bound, Jesus is all coming all soon, all morning all or night, morning. many will, many will meet their doom, the the prophets will so surely, all all surely sound, and all of the, all of the dead shall rise in the the sky going where no one dies heavenward bound Amen Jesus is coming soon the song says morning night or noon Uh, many shall meet their doom the trumpets will sound I'm thankful to God that the dead in Christ shall rise Paul made it very clear to the church at Thessalonica, that we don't sorrow like those who have no hope. And so when we sing songs in that manner, we are certainly focused on the day that we will be risen to be with the Lord uh, in the air, as Paul would describe. And he will take us home to glory, and and there we will be with him forevermore. And so we don't sing those songs, and in the mindset that many may hear them. And we sing those songs because it's time to go home. Amen. It's time to go home to glory. Amen. So the dead in Christ arise, rise, and so we're so thankful to God for that. I don't know why Brother Martin chose to sing that song, but it's a wonderful segue. Amen. Because it leads us into uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, that this is about the salvation of our soul. That's what Brother Arnold concluded with when he ended verse number 9. It is truly about the salvation of our souls. Um, And as we look upon that and we transition uh, back to the ark where Noah and the other seven souls, his family, are now exiting, where Noah is uh, preparing an altar uh, before God, He is now about to engage in worship uh, in the new world, in the new world, because old things are passed away, and now all things have become become new, and so he's now in the new world, and as we were sharing on last Lord's Day, uh, those things which... Uh, represent the uh, symbolism of being dead and now coming back to life or being made alive again, connects us to the, the church in many ways because we know that the Bible says that we put the old man to death in the watery grave of baptism. The old man is put to death, and the new man arises to walk in the newness of life. And so I I wanted to revisit that because I, I know that we didn't stay there long as I was concluding the message from last Lord's Day. But Noah and the seven souls and the animals that occupied the ark were confined in that construct of salvation called the ark. And they were being preserved in that construct, in the ark. And they were being preserved because God had a covenant with them. God had an agreement with them. God had provided a testament whereby they would follow and adhere to that testament. Noah found grace. Noah found favor. That is what the Hebrew writing helps us to understand when he was identified as God, as a a man that was worthy to be saved. Uh, Surely God could have destroyed everything. God has that power, amen? He didn't didn't have to save anybody. But he saw Noah, and Noah found favor, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. I wonder if that is why Paul says to us so very strongly in Romans chapter 5, writes to the church at Rome and Paul mentions this and he mentions this with such such vigor and power that it bears mentioning in this context when we talk about Noah finding grace in the eyes of God grace is necessary in order for one to be saved, amen but we're not saved by grace only. <laughs> oh, amen. There's, there's some doctors out there that leave it all in the hands of God, and we don't have nothing to do with it. Well, that's, God, God has certainly done his part, but we have to do ours. Is that not right? Amen. Now, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. That is, God saw Noah, and uh, when he saw Noah, the, the Bible says that he found favor. He found grace in the eyes of God. And by finding grace in the eyes of God, uh, the Bible says that Noah, Hebrews says, Hebrews chapter 11 says, Noah moved with fear. So that means that although God saw Noah as a, 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 a worthy person to be saved, Noah had to do his part. It's called obedience. And so in Romans chapter 5, in verse number 1, Paul writes to the church at Rome. He says, therefore, being justified by faith. Being justified by faith. Being justified by faith. Now, there are a lot of things that will condemn us because of our sin, but God says we're justified by faith. We're set free because of our faith. And let me tell you something. It didn't mean because Noah found grace, that Noah was a perfect man. Don't don't, don't, don't try to, you know, put something there that wasn't said. It said Noah found grace. You see? And I thank God for that, because that lets me know that even when sin is with us because of our flesh, God knows our heart. When we're striving to do that which is right. And we may fall sometimes, thank God for repentance. But we're still striving to do that which is right. We don't don't practice sin. We don't don't intend to do sin. Amen. But when the flesh is weak and sometimes the flesh falls, we have to get back up, recognize that we're outside of God, and to ask God for forgiveness. And that is what it means to be justified by faith. We believe that God, if we ask for that forgiveness, that he will forgive us and remember it no more. Paul said, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith into this what? Grave. And that's what Noah found. That's what God identified. Noah found favor. Noah found grace in the eyes of God. You know what God knew? God knew that Noah would strive to be faithful. Lord have mercy. And when Noah came out of that ark, what was the first thing Noah did? Noah went to worship and built an uh, an altar unto the Lord. He says that when we have this access by faith and to this grace, wherein we stand and, and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Right? You don't, you, don't, you don't think it was trying times for Noah to be in that ark for over 50 days and floating it back and forth and 152 days and not knowing which way? and where he would go, or which way it would go, and no, no Noah's doing what? He's trusting in the Lord. Amen. In the midst of the world being deluged with water, and everything is now uh, uh, being destroyed by uh, uh, by the water on the outside, but also at the same time, and only God can have this type of power, God used water to destroy the world at the same time he was saving souls. Now help me. God is able to save those that are his in the midst of any tribulation. God is able. But in that tribulation, we find Noah still, though Noah found grace in God, if you will, did his part. God instructed Noah how to build the ark, what to do, and, 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 and how to prepare it. And he instructed him when to get in it. Noah went into the ark, and he went into the ark by faith. How do we know that? Because the biblical scripture helps us to understand how obedience is coupled with understanding the covenant agreement. In Romans chapter 10 and 17, it's just not a scripture. It's part of the covenant. And the covenant says, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When God told Noah that he was going to destroy the world, Noah moved with fear. Why? Because Noah believed God. He had faith that God was going to do what he had promised he was going to do. And so Noah moved with fear and he built that ark. And some of you might want to uh, take a step back from that because the ark wasn't built in a miraculous way. The ark was built in the way that God instructed for it to be built. But if Noah had not built it, Guess what? No boat, no float. Noah wouldn't have made it. But Noah moved with fear because he believed God. And by believing God, he went into action. Obedience to do that which God had commanded to be done. So we see many of the examples in this Old Testament story that help us to appreciate the relationship that we have uh, in the church. We continue to see these parallels. And we'll get into the in-betweens. Because the in-betweens is the tabernacle and the temple. But the beginning of this is the ark. And the end of this is the church. And we see the parallels in between. That we're bringing people and leading people to Christ. As Abraham's story would help us to understand. But nevertheless Paul would continue in Romans chapter 5. And he would say, uh, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulations does what? Worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which he has given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Amen. For scarcely, Paul says, for a righteous man will one die. Scar- even if he's righteous, scarcely will a righteous man die. Uh, 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 a man would die for a righteous man. But he said, yet, peradventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. Even, even that's questionable. Righteous and good. But here we have the Lord who commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Lord have mercy. In other words, we aren't even worthy to be saved. But yet Christ died for us. Died for the ungodly. Paul helps us to understand. uh, Peter, rather, helps us to understand that that death was not uh, without purpose. It was not without significance when it comes to the saving of the soul. And Peter reminds us that there will be uh, challenges of life. There will be struggles of life. Noah's uh, a struggle is not unfamiliar to, uh, 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 to us in terms of uh, how individuals go through challenging times and trials and tribulations of life but yet still hold on to their faith in God. And that's what Noah did. He held on to his faith in God. And Peter would remind us in 1 Peter chapter 1, as we had read in our scripture reading this morning, in verse number 3, Paul, uh, Peter would say unto us, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. Well, l- l- let me tell you something. Noah's in the ark. Noah doesn't know what's going to happen. He doesn't know what the end of this is. He's he's floating in his trust and faith in God. He doesn't know what's going to happen. But then we find, if you will, he sends out the dove, uh, and, and the dove eventually brings back a branch, and, and, and then he sends out the dove again, and the dove doesn't return. And so eventually the water begins to dissipate and, if you will, assuage, and now the water is off the face of the earth, and land is now, uh, if you will, present again, and, and Noah is allowed to, 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 uh, uh, to, the ship is allowed to rest on a Mount Ararat, and, and now Noah is exiting the ark, and, and Noah goes into Washington. From the ark. He was begotten again unto a lively hope. Now hold on here because this is this is this is something to talk about here. Because look, if you don't have God, you have no hope. Noah's floating, not knowing which way the boat is going or how it was going to end up, but his hope wasn't in himself, his hope was in God. And when God got ready, he let Noah exit the ark, and he was begotten again unto a lively hope. Maybe that's why Pete, Paul rather, tells us in 1 Timothy 1 that Christ is our hope. Amen. Begotten again unto a lively hope, alive from the dead. We walk around in sin and, and, and struggle in our flesh, as Paul uh, reminded us in Romans chapter 7, as we read last Lord's Day. We walk around and we, we strive to do all we can to bring this body into subjection. And sometimes we fall, but yet it is, it is, it is our hope in Christ as Christians that keep us going forward. Amen. Alive from the dead. We recognize that, that that Ephesians chapter 2, will remind us that, that we were once dead in our trespasses and sins, but now in Christ Jesus, he has is, he is begotten us again. He has is, he is made us alive again in Christ Jesus. Amen. Alive from the dead. Given a lively hope. That hope that is worthy of obedience. So Peter says, if you didn't really understand the cryptic idea of being begotten again from the dead unto a lively hope, Peter says, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, some of will say, well, what does that really mean? Well, I had you over there so you wouldn't have to turn far because the next chapter in Romans chapter 5 is Romans chapter 6. And when you go over to Romans chapter 6, you'll find something very interesting about this alive-from-the-dead situation and its relevancy to the conversation of Noah, the ark, us, and the church. In Romans chapter 6, if you drop down, if you will, uh, to verse number, uh, I'm going to start at, at, at verse uh, 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 number 4. You know what? I'm going to start at verse number 1 just to bring all this together. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 1, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? That is referring to those who have been begotten again unto a lively hope. He goes on and says, know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized, what? Into his death. Amen. Noah's being preserved in that ark. But everything around him is dying. Amen. And he is only being preserved because he is where God has placed salvation. That is only the, re- the only reason why Noah's being preserved. That soul is being preserved. Those souls are being preserved in that ark. But Paul would go on and say unto us in Romans chapter 6, he would go on and says, Therefore, we are buried with him, we are buried with him in baptism into death. The watery grave of baptism is a death. Amen. And we all know the meaning of the word death. I I, I believe we have a a, a rudimentary understanding of the word death. Amen. When, When you put something to death, amen, there is an expectation that it ain't coming back. Lord have mercy. You know, this ain't pet cemetery. The understanding is that it's not coming back. There's no reanimation here. God says, when you're putting something to death, in the spiritual sense, what are you putting to death? You're putting to death the the, the, the fleshly desires that are causing sin. You're striving to put it to death. Lord have mercy. Because that's where sin is. And Paul, if you will, uh, 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 says to us that we we need to mortify the deeds. Mortify means put to death. The things of this body. The struggle is real. It's the challenge of the Christian life to keep putting the desires of the flesh that cause us to fall into sin to death. Put it to death. And so Paul would go on in Romans and he says, look, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up. That's the resurrection. That's what we just read in Peter. That like as Christ was raised up, the resurrection from the dead by the glory of the Father. And here's the comparison. Even so, we, also should walk in the newness of life. Noah went into that ark as one man with his family But by being preserved by God and being saved by God, having his faith in God and putting and and, and hoping in God, Noah came out another man because he went into that ark as a man that should have been dead with the rest of the world. But since he believed God, God brought him out of that ark as a saved man. Lord have mercy. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. He went into the. You see, Noah. There, God was under no obligation to save Noah. He told Noah, "Here are my covenant uh, 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 statutes, and if you follow them, then you can be saved." Lord, have mercy. I'm not just going to save you just because. The Bible says that God made a covenant with Noah. And Noah moved with fear, believing in that covenant, having faith in that covenant, having hope that God would keep his promises. And the hope was, if you do what I ask to be done, if you obey me and remain faithful, I'm going to save you and your family Amen. through this deluge. I'm going to save you. Amen. Noah moved with fear. Noah said, I believe what God said. He's going to save us. I'm going to build this ark. I'm sure everybody was walking by saying, why are you building that ark? Look like mind your business. I mean, just mind your business. I'm doing what God, <laughs> I'm taking care of mine, you take care of yours. Every time I'm out there preaching, you act like you don't hear me. Amen. I almost said something, I need to hold back on that one. But Noah had to build that ark. And he moved with fear, and he built it. He was following the commandments of God. It's amazing how people today believe that somehow there is no responsibility on the part of those who are listening to God's word to do anything in order to be saved. God gonna take care of it all. I don't have to do nothing. I don't have to do anything to change my life. I don't. I don't have to do anything to obey God. I don't, I, don't have, I don't have. I have nothing. I, no part in this. God gonna do it all. That's not how it works. Noah had to move with fear when he he trusted in what God had said. So then faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And and so we find ourselves in Romans 6, and and, and, and Paul, if you will, continues to describe and to unfold this wonderful resurrection. It's wonderful to come back from the dead. Amen. It's wonderful to come back from the dead. Because contrary to the horror movies that we see, the biblical idea of coming back from the dead is about the spiritual life, stay with me, housed in a body that it cannot escape, that is challenging its very existence. Because if you die in your sin where he is, you cannot come. The spirit is housed in a body of flesh. That has its own law. Romans chapter 8, we did that last Sunday, get the CD. Has its own law and follows its own law. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the desires that are placed in the flesh are not even subject to the spiritual things of God. The spirit is what makes all the difference. Because if the spirit has been enriched and fed with the word of God, it is strengthened now in the spiritual mindset where it can overcome the carnal things of the mind that do what? Feed the body. Lord have mercy. And so we find ourselves seeing Noah going into the ark as one man, but then coming out of the ark as a different man. Because he went into the ark. Y'all stay with me. He went into the ark as a dead man. But he came out of the ark as a saved one. Help me Lord Jesus. Came out of the ark as a saved man. Because God. construct Brought him out of a world that was full of trespass and sin. Preserved him in. The place of safety and salvation. And then allowed him to come out, he and his family, to see a new world. So it is when one goes into the watery grave of baptism. Paul makes it very clear, at least I think it's clear. That when Paul says in verse number 4 in Romans 6 and 4, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. In the newness of life. There's a new man. He goes on and says, look, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. And his resurrection was a glorious event. Because you know what it showed? It showed that God had power over both life and death. And when you understand that, and when you come to that understanding and realization, it, 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 should, it should move you spiritually to say, look, I need to get my life right with God. Because it doesn't matter what I have done in the past. It doesn't matter where the sins are in my life of the past. Amen. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3 and 23. It's not about what you've done in your past. It's what you see in your future. And the future says, I can be alive from the dead. Because God has made a way. Because God has made a way. Noah, Noah didn't have a way until God made a way. God made that way. And Noah found the way. Amen. God found Noah. Noah found God. And Noah believed God. And he followed after God's way. Amen. And when he followed after God's way, he gave over his, his, his faith and trust and belief in God. He had his, he, he, he hoped in what God was able to do. And he obeyed. Amen. And God saved him alive. Went into the ark as a dead man, came out a saved one. Amen. When we go into watery grave of baptism, you're going into that watery grave of baptism as a dead man. Amen. And I don't mean man in the maleness sense. It's neuter gender. Whether you're female or male, when you go in that water, you dead. Is that clear enough? Well, I'm glad I'm a woman. When I go in the water, I must be no, you dead too. We all dead. When we go into that watery grave of baptism, we are going in there as dead men. How do we know? Because the Bible continues to make it clearly, make it clear in Romans 6 and 6. Knowing this, knowing this, epistemology. Know something about what you are doing. If I want to be saved, don't know Jack. I mean, don't, don't, I don't know John either, I guess. Don't know nothing. Anybody named Jack and John? I don't know. Don't know anything. But they want to be saved. But that's not how it works. You've got to know something. Why are you being baptized? For what reason? Oh, I just felt like I just wanted to go down in the water. That ain't going to work. Don't you know you're in sin? Do you understand what the repercussions are if you die in your sin? Do you know what Jesus did for the saving of your soul? Do you know what it meant for him to go to the cross? To have a crown of thorns placed, placed and pressed upon his head. When the blood, if you will, if you will, the sweat from his brow was as blood. When they pierced him in his side and the blood came from his side with water. Do you know what God was speaking about? How man would be saved. Amen. And before they broke one bone in his body, and Lord have mercy, let us get our language right. God shows us that Christ's body was never physically broken. Don't use that term. They pierced him in his side. Before they broke any. before in any idea of breaking anything, they pierced him in his side. He was already gone. He was gone. His spirit was Yield it up to the Lord. Into Thy hands I give my spirit. He dies on Calvary's cross. They place him in a borrowed tomb. Lord, have mercy. Well, I wish I could spend time there. Because the richest man in the world was buried in a borrowed tomb. Deal with that one. He rose from that tomb, though, on the third day. Resurrected, resurrected from the dead. The same physical body, no blood though, but the same physical body that that soul that we know to be called Christ possessed was presented before the disciples. Doubting Thomas didn't want to believe that it was him. And Thomas said, I'm not going to believe it except I put my finger in the womb in his side and in his hands. And Jesus says, put it over here. Be thou believing and not doubting. This is the same body that's been risen from the dead. And so like as Christ was risen from the dead. So it is in the spiritual sense. When we go into the water we gave a baptism, the old man is put to death. Look what he says. Knowing that Christ being raised, I'm in verse number 9, Romans 6 and 9. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Don't miss this. The next verse says, likewise. And that means just based, based on what I just said, as Paul is writing, Paul says, what I said just a moment ago, this is the example that you should understand when you compare it to the watery grave of baptism. Likewise. Reckon ye also yourselves to be what? Dead. Indeed to what? Sin. But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We found grace in the eyes of God. Lord have mercy. We are housed in a body of sin. That is ruled by the law of sin and death. But our spirit is housed here. And God says I can still feed your spirit. And if your spirit takes my word and my covenant. And it embraces my word and my covenant. And it thrives and feeds on my word and my covenant. It can be strengthened to overcome what would happen if they stayed in the flesh. Which is death. How do you know that the wonderful scripture we always like to read and and, and, and it, it's, it's one of those scriptures that uh, that is uh, can be a little bit obtuse if we don't if we don't put it in context and rightly divide it from time to time but when you go over to Romans 15 and we talk about what Paul wrote to the church at Corinth in Romans chapter 15. Here it is now, y'all. Here, here, here it is. Because, see, they're alive. Noah's alive from the dead. And when we go through the watery grave of baptism, we are alive from the dead. I think we've proven that point. I, I think that's been, uh, the Bible has shown us that that is the case. And, and, so, and so, look, Not only, but, remember, but remember likewise. Remember likewise. When you come up out of this watery grave of baptism, it is not intended for your soul to die because of sin. Because you're supposed to have put sin to death. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You know, you're not supposed to be afraid of dying anymore when you put the sin to death. The question is, did you put him to death? That's the question. Or did you bring that old dead rascal? I mean, was he reanimated when you came up out of the water? Uh, Romans chapter, I mean, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look what he said. He says, look. In verse 1, uh, 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 53. In verse 50. 1 Corinthians 15 and 53. First Corinthians 15 and 53. Look what he says: But this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this, this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and the, 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 this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass that saying, that the, the saying rather, The saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. But if I'm not living in sin anymore and I'm striving to be right with God, I'm following after the truth, the covenant. I'm following after that faithfully. I'm putting my trust and my hope in God. And and I'm doing all that I can to strive so that I may be worthy. I'm going to let God fill in the gaps. But I'm going to do what I can in order to be saved. Death has no more victory over over the Christian person. Because that child of God is serving the Lord. Even though they still exist in the flesh. Here we go. Why do you think Paul says in Romans chapter 12... Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may, what, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, that spirit has become strong enough to overcome the weaknesses of the flesh, so that it might present that body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is just your reasonable service. Paul comes back in 1 Corinthians 15 and and he continues to say, Oh, death, where is thy sting? And, oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Without the ark, Noah has no victory. Without the church, We have no victory. He goes on and says, look. Verse number 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that you're late. Wait a minute. I thought God was going to take care of everything. Your labor. That did say your labor, didn't it? That means you got something to do. Amen. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That means you have something to do. Just like Noah has something to do. Noah had to build that ark. And that ark would preserve him and his family and the animals that were entered into it. Noah had something to do. And so do we. And that's why Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Yes, there's something for us to do. We have to bring this body into subjection so that we may be able to present it unto God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our our reasonable service as we make our way back to Peter. So in 1 Peter chapter 1, as we were reading our scripture reading this morning, we were ending verse number 3 where it says, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And now we know what that means. We know what that means because as Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead in the spiritual sense, so are we when we go down in the watery grave of baptism. Like wise are ye. And verse number four brings us into the future of our glory, right? He says in verse number four, 1 Peter 1 and 4, to an inheritance incorruptible. Wait a minute, didn't we just read Paul talking about incorruptible? To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth what? Not away. Reserved in heaven for you. Lord have mercy. If there's any reservation you want, make sure you get this one. Get this reservation. Get this reservation. And, and let me tell you something: when you obey gospel, when you obey the gospel and you're striving to live a faithful life. You ain't, look, when when you obey the gospel, your name is already written in God's reservation book. Oh, amen. amen. Oh, amen. Remember when John tells us in the book of Revelation that he stood before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, and one of the books that were open was the book of life? That's God's reservation book. Lord, have mercy. And if your name is not written in the book, you ain't getting no tape. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And, 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 and when it comes to God, you can't, you can't pay him off either. Oh, amen. I think that analogy is clear enough. Y'all, y'all know how it goes. You go want to go to your favorite restaurant and you didn't make no reservation. Oh, amen. And Major D is up there and say, I, I don't see your name. Written in the book. Amen. Y'all know how it goes. And nowadays, everybody want to get sophisticated. Your, your, your name is not in our, in our list. Right? You don't have no reservation. I, I don't see you here. But, but I'm sure I made it. I'm sure when you stand before the judgment bar, God, you can pull out whatever you think you can pull out. Your name ain't in the book. You ain't getting in. And don't start crying about, well, Lord, didn't I prophesy in thy name? Didn't I do many wonderful works? Didn't I cast out devils? And Jesus is going to say, I don't know who you are. Why? Because your name. It ain't written in the book. It's not written in the book. Well, I want to call the bookkeeper. Well, call all three of them. Oh, amen. Because if you call the father... His book reconciles with Jesus' book. And if you call Jesus, he's going to tell you that his book reconciles with God's book. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And if you call on the Holy Spirit, he's going to say, My book reconciles with both Jesus' and the Father's book. All three of those books reconcile one and the same. Don't believe me? Read 1 John chapter 5. The three record. And they all have the same record. Oh, amen. Their book is in triplicate. Lord, have mercy. So you ain't going to be able to say, well, maybe one of them missed me. No, you was missed in all three. Lord, have mercy. Well, 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 that's the book in heaven. Well, what about the one on the earth? Well, there's three books there too. Oh, amen. And the Holy Spirit says your name is not written in the book. Lord, have mercy. Well, what about the water? The water says your name is not written in the book. And then what about the blood? Your name is not written in the book. Lord, have mercy. If your name's not written in the book, you will not make it into heaven. Your name's got to be written in the book. Well, how is it written in the book? You've got to obey the gospel. Live a faithful life. Lord have mercy. Put the body of sin to death. Come out from the grave. Live a renewed life. And when you live that renewed life, God will write your name in the Lamb's book of life. Lord have mercy. Is your name written in the book? Is it written in the book? In the roll call of faith, there's a book. In Hebrews chapter eleven, God told us about those whose name whose names are written in the book. Are y'all with me? Come on. Now. In Hebrews chapter eleven and verse number one, we find that Paul writes to the to the, to the Hebrews, and he says, "Look." Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Noah didn't know where that ark was going to land, but his hope was in God. His faith sustained him while he was in that ark. And his faith was justified because God saved him based on his promises. In verse number two, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. By faith, whose name uh huh, is written in the book offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Amen. By which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and by it he being dead, he being dead, he being dead, yet speaketh. Well, how is that possible? How can a dead man speak? He's speaking because of his faith,
0: how he lived
3: and obeyed God. Oh, say with me. He goes on and says, look, in verse number five, by faith, Enoch was translated, that he should not see death, it was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Amen. Enoch found grace Amen. and favor in the eyes of God. Verse number six says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. Or that is to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And here we are. By faith. Wait a minute. You mean Noah's name was written in the book? By faith. Noah being warned of God. Of things not seen as yet. Move with fear. Preparing. Preparing. Let me tell you something. You've got to prepare for Heaven. You just can't stroll into heaven. you got to prepare for heaven. Amen. The Bible says Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Peter says we have an inheritance that faded not away. When you have an inheritance, Lord have mercy, that means you are an heir. Lord have mercy. Amen. And since we are heirs, the Bible says, we are joint heirs, Romans chapter 8, we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Amen. The Bible goes on in verse 8, and I'm going to end here because I'm not, at, I'm not at the tabernacle yet because that's Abraham's business. Amen. The temple is eight. Come on now. Y'all see where I'm going here. In each generation, in each dispensation, you find the people of God. And if they're faithful in those generations and in those dispensations, their names will be written in the book. Be written in the book. Because that's the covenant of God. Names will be written in the book. And I pray this morning that you want your name rewritten in the book. Want your name written in the book. And it's about being faithful unto God. It's certainly not about thinking somehow you can be perfect beyond Christ. Because if you could be perfect beyond Christ, you would be Christ. But God knows where our strengths and our weaknesses are. And I thank God that he's given us a way, a way that we can be saved. And the Bible says, when you do trespass and sin, that you can ask God for forgiveness. And God will forgive you and remember them no more. He will continue to preserve your soul. As Peter says, unto salvation. Because one day, one day this old ship of Zion that we call the church, one day this old ship of Zion will have to dock for one last time. This old ship of Zion that was sent down from heaven, amen, and allowing us to enter into it. John said, I saw the church. I saw, I saw it come down from heaven, the new Jerusalem. It was provided like the old ark of the covenant, of the, of the, the ark that, that, that Noah built and the covenant that Noah had with God. The church is in a very real sense similar to that. It is a ship with enough room for every soul. That wants to be saved. It's the old ship. Of Zion. And if you get on board. One day. If you stay on board. God's going to take that ship. And that ship's going to make its way. Back to heaven. And it's going to dock for one last time. You need to get on board now. So that you can get off. And debark in heaven. This is your time to come. This is your time to come. You need to get on board. And the only way you can do that is that you got to die first. You got you to put that old man to death. And you got to rise to walk in the newness of life. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, old things have passed away. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's a new life. It's a new life that God wants you to have. And God has made a way for you to have it. In Romans 10 and 17, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a reward of those that diligently seek him. And the Bible says in Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The Bible tells us that you've got to repent of your sins. Luke 13, 3 and 5, I tell you, they except you your repentance shall all likewise perish. But God doesn't want you to perish. He wants you to be saved. And that's why the old ship of Zion is here. It's for you to get on board. That you might save your soul. Confessing Jesus Christ to be the son of God. The Bible says with the mouth we confess Christ Jesus. Romans 10 and 10. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Going down to the water we grave with baptism. Where we meet the wonderful blood of Jesus. That blood that was sacrificed on Calvary's cross. That blood that is able to cleanse us from all of our past sin. Ephesians 1 and 7, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Go down in that water and grave of baptism. Come up, an old man. Went down, a dead man. Came up, a man full of life. Because now we are in Christ Jesus. Why not you come on, get on board. Why don't you come as we stand and as we sing the invitational song, why don't you come?
2: Reap on the
3: burden of sin. There's power in the blood, I in the blood. Would you for evil, for victory? When there's wonderful power in the blood, there is
2: power, power,
3: wonder-working power in the
2: blood of the land. There is power, power, wonder-working power. In the precious blood of the Lamb Would you be free from your passion and pride There's power in the blood Power in the blood Come for a cleansing to Calvary's heart. There's wonderful power in the blood There is power, power Wonder-working power in the blood of the land, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb.
1: church let us know pages 313 and let us prepare our hearts and our minds for communion
2: on a hill far away stood an old